love them. Independent researchers, skeptics, and all of humankind, shadow citizens. Shadow citizen will explore the shadows of an alternate reality. Your hosts, Rachel L. McIntosh. Well, all right, everybody, we're back for another week. And I'm Rachel L. McIntosh. I'm your host of Shadow Citizen. And tonight, I'm going to do something completely different that I ever really did before. I'm going to be taking calls from the from our audience. Last week, I interviewed a man named Ken Caldera. He was the author and is the author of the UN's Intergovernmental Climate Change Report. And um, he said some things that, you know, he was just, we, he and I were just chatting. And then right after the interview, I wanted to do the call-ins for the people that had questions. And none of the calls were showing up. Turns out people were trying to call in and I wasn't seeing them on my, uh, my website, my conference manager website. So tonight we're going to try to do this again. And people can say what they think about what Ken Caldera was talking about. He was talking about different proposed solutions to climate change via geoengineering. And I do have to say, I spend a lot of time on this geoengineering stuff on this show, Shadow Citizen, and I didn't intend this to happen when I started the show. But I do think this is probably one of the biggest problems on the planet right now that most people don't even know about. The more I learn about this, the more I'm finding out this is probably a real problem that us here on Earth have to deal with. Um, because since Al Gore came out with his Inconvenient Truth movie, people have been very, very concerned about climate change. And before that, people didn't really think about it. They just said, oh, it's warm today or it's cold tomorrow or whatever. But then that movie came out and people and they showed it at public schools relentlessly. And um, I think it it changed a generation's view on how humans interact with the planet. And I don't know if I suspect that Al Gore had had monetary influence in what he was doing with that movie. Um, I know I was really freaked out when I first saw it. It did freak me out a lot. But then I came to understand some things about how the sun interacts with our environment. And then when I started to hear what the actual proposals were for dealing with climate change, specifically the one that Ken Caldera told us about last week, which I thought would have been a, a pretty decent one, um, where they were going to take seawater and shoot it up into space to create some sort of cloud. That was from out in uh, Washington, I believe, Washington or Oregon, one of the universities out on the West Coast. And that sounded like it would be a pretty good idea. But then I found out the sun would evaporate the water and then we'd be left with a cloud of salt and eventually we'd have salt falling down on us, snowing or raining salt, which if you think about it, that's a pretty traditional way of killing crops. So, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know what to think about that. So I'm glad people 
wanted to call in last week, but I couldn't see you. So I'm so sorry about that. But somebody's calling in right now, and I, I hope it's somebody that wants to talk about last week's show. I'm going to put them on, and let's see who this is on the call. Hello? Hello? Who is this? I don't know. I don't know if they can hear me. Okay, let's see if I can do that. Um, I'm looking at the... Um, that was Danny, the producer of American Freedom Radio. He's like the head honcho. Um, I've got a phone number here. Okay. And I don't know where I'm looking. Hide on mute. Play. Yeah. It is on mute. Okay. Let's see. Let's go over here. All right. Now, is this person online now? Hey, Rachel. It's Jolie. Hey, Jolie. I hear you. Okay, great. Hi. I'm so glad you called in. Good, good, good. So you did you out were you able to hear the show last week? I was able to tune in um at parts of it, um, but I was trying to call in like with a lot of the other people. Um but I yeah, I heard some of it. Um so yeah, I'm kind of familiar with um the mantra and right. uh, the narrative that comes yeah. from the Carnegie camp. Okay. Okay. Now I just wanna let people know that I've had you on the show before, and you come from a, a website called zerogeoengineering.com. And um, I really respect what you're going to say, and I love that website because you always post things that are relevant to the geoengineering uh, effort. And it seems that a lot of these papers are back maybe, I don't know, decades ago that they started doing this. So what What's your comment about what I said? Are there are they currently doing this sort of geoengineering in real life? And he said he didn't know of any. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, he's just repeating a narrative. And thank you um, for addressing this very important topic because, you know, the environment is important to people. And um, so more and more people are getting clued into this science of climate geoengineering. And that's what Ken Caldera promotes and profits from. And, you know, basically, uh, it doesn't have to do with, you know, him. It's these practices and activities of adding sulfur dioxide and other contaminants um, into our atmosphere. And um, this, this has um, very profound and damaging implications for everyone. And he doesn't have the right to do that. And the people do not consent to that. And so we're, what we're trying to do is, you know, have a voice and input in this discussion. Of course, you know, these geoengineers, they have conferences outside of the public forum or ability to give input. Were you and, just uh, at one of these conferences recently? I think you were at one of them, weren't you? I, I was I was there. Um, I wasn't in the conference, but um, there were people in Maine um, that we were there um, making a presence and um, being an objection um, and rejection of the geoengineering in that town. Um, but that's a, a good example um, of what this Carnegie uh, kind of blueprint is. They have these wonderful conferences uh, for these scientists. Uh, to go and talk about the environmental 
destruction that they're going to wage. And they have, you know, a very, you know, 500 a night hotel room and catered meals and this and that. Um, but again, they don't have the people's permission. So I just want to go back to the facts are we have over 30 tests. We're just one place that has taken, you know, um, records of these um, of, of rainwater samples um, that shows geoengineering footprint in all of them, every single one, 100%. Now, if they weren't doing geoengineering, we wouldn't be finding it in our rain and our snow every single time. So I think it's a convenient thing for Mr. Caldera to say, oh, I don't know about that, but come on, you know. Yeah. They've been talking about these programs for decades, as you mentioned, and we have the documents. It's not because I think so. You yeah. Think so. It's because the no. documents speak for themselves. They go back to patents in themselves. Yeah. And Bill Gates, Bill Gates has um, an incredible amount of um, investment in climate engineering, geoengineering, you know. So oh, you just said I mean, something about a, pa a patent. Now, somebody else contacted mm -hmm. me on Facebook, and they said that Ken Caldera owns a patent for some of the formulas that they are supposedly going to spray out of airplanes, which he says doesn't um, happen. But is that true? Well, that he, does he own a patent? I I haven't seen one with um, um, the chemicals involved. What I've seen is um, patents related to weather alteration and mm -hmm. uh, ecological alteration management systems. And so, again, they're using language, um, but what is what are they doing? They're trying to prevent a hurricane, say, for example. Like Bill Gates has lots of money that he's tried to stop hurricanes. What's that? That's, that's taking the moisture out of clouds. And so what's that going to do? It's going to cause drought. So, I mean... The implications of what they're saying by its nature is violent against the environment. And that's why we are rejecting it wholeheartedly and putting um, in a mechanism, hopefully in all 50 states and around the world, for people to be able to target this kind of pollution emissions. Yeah. Now, is I, I told Mr. Cardera, is he a doctor, by the way? Is he Dr. Caldera or is he just, just Mr. Cardera? Cardera. I think he is. A, I think he is indeed a doctor. Okay. Apparently. So he he had just put on his uh, bio that he was a researcher. He didn't say that he was a doctor of anything. So I wasn't quite sure of that. I would have called him doctor on air. I always call people by their title, regardless. Um, so he had said that he was not convinced that geoengineering was going on, but he did mention that the Russians may have tried it at some point. And then I mentioned that, uh, yeah, <laughs> so the Russians may have tried at some point. And then he said that uh, <laughs> an organization in the U.S., he built, I believe he said it was the, something to do with nuclear, like a nuclear agency in the United States became very interested in geoengineering. And we really didn't talk about that too much because he couldn't, but he just thought, he just kind of dropped that in there. I thought that was interesting that a nuclear agency was interested in geoengineering. And then I told him, I shared that I had, done some testing on my rainwater here in Rhode Island and it had been, I didn't know why it would be in there. Um, aluminum, barium, uh, what else was in there? Was strontium. It called? Strontium. strontium. Yes. Yeah. What is strontium? It's a what chemical is? agent. Um, and it's, and you know, 
all we know is that this is a component of geoengineering. Um, I encourage people to check out Kristen Megan, who's a Air Force whistleblower, and she's done some videos, and that's what she recommended to get your rainwater tested for aluminum, barium, and strontium. And we test for sulfur or sulfur dioxide also just for the reason that Mr. Caldera and Mr. Keith and Mr. Gates are promoting cloud seeding by distributing known pollutants. And so, again, just for them suggesting this identifies them as perpetrators of environmental terrorism, okay? Because on the ground, we've already established, well, that sulfur dioxide causes acid rain and asthma in children. So if you care about the climate or the environment, you know, and by association, us, our existence depends on a healthy, clean environment. We cannot allow the introduction of more pollution. So that's why we're coming out even stronger than ever. Forget greenhouse gases, people, that's water vapor, that's plant food. What we're going after is actual emissions, specifically sulfur emissions that we took out of ships, we took out of automobiles. Now it just makes sense. Aviation has got to follow suit, and it's just going to clean up things. You know, and that's only part of the puzzle because, as you know, the, the ionizing of the atmosphere with electromagnetism is another key ingredient in environmental pollution that we don't talk about too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when I talked to Mr. Caldera, or excuse me, Professor Caldera, he said that my water, my rainwater could have been contaminated, I guess, or the, the results could have came back because um, I live near the ocean and algae or something in the ocean could have been making like some sort of sulfur dioxide, something could be coming off this algae and make going yeah, up into right. the rainwater. I, I, well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think so because basically what we're measuring is what's coming down in the rain. So that's in the space above us, right? And mm-hmm. so we're not talking about the ocean right now. What we're talking about, and this is why we chose rain or snow, is because that's an accurate measure of what's in the air, period. Okay? So what we want to find out is, well, there's emissions stuck in the air. And so when it rains out, those contaminants come down, and we've been measuring it in the rain. And so these people are vile pre-existing state regulations and laws related to sulfur. I mean, very clearly in 2010, we took it out of diesel fuel and also in North America on both coasts from the shipping. So why in the world would we ever allow geoengineers to add sulfur dioxide? Why would we do it? We wouldn't. And that's why they go around and, and have these secret conferences to try to discuss geoengineering governance. Well, you can't do that because it's already illegal in this country. And we just haven't had a mechanism to go and nail them down on it until now. Okay, you just said something. It's already illegal. So why are they still even doing this? Right, exactly, because we, we don't have a mechanism to do it. There's no regulation. See, what the, what's happening is federal law is, is superseding everything else. And so we have the Weather Research and Innovation Act, H.R. 353, that passed early on in April, I believe. And that allocated funds through 2020. And this is what NASA is doing and the DOD. And this is the same thing that's been going on. It's just a continuum of these same programs. So what we're doing is we caught them. 
Because, look, somewhere along the line, we have to say no more pollution, no more war on the environment and on people. And guess what? This is the Air Force. These people are accountable to us. We are the, we are the people that live here, and we do not um, consent to this violation on us, the children, all the animals, just all life basically. So we have to counter it. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. And I do have to remind people at zero geoengineering.com. It's just a loose network of people that are concerned that are approaching their, it looks from my opinion, they're not asking for any money. They're just asking for you to get the information off their website and approach the people in your local government. If I'm, Correct me if I'm wrong on this, okay? I think what <laughs> that you approach the people in your local government and make them aware that there's programs going on that are breaking the law, and you want to regulate this in in the environment at least over your state. And um, and if you don't know how to do that, or you feel uncomfortable doing that, I'm sure Jolie or anyone at Zero Geoengineering can help you. Am I right on that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's totally, we're trying to help, like, give people the tools so that exactly what you're talking about. We're not going to the feds. We're going to our local assembly members, and definitely call me up, contact me, and I'll help help you through the process. We'll provide you with the documents that you need that are going to be state-specific and help you guide you through the process because the most important thing in this whole picture, the most precious thing is you, is us, the people. And we can't have liberty if we're going to allow them to just pollute and just do these war games on us. And, you know, we have to, we're drawing the line and we're basically giving our representatives an opportunity to represent us. And we're providing them with a blueprint. You know, you, it's, it's not a finished thing. What it is is it's a template. Um, of course, in Rhode Island, you're very lucky because you have like the first template, the first geoengineering act, um, which is amazing. Um, so we're just trying to mirror that and, and again, introduce it locally. And, and you're acting like as a lobbyist would because this is how bills get passes, passed. Someone comes and they, they're usually with a stack of cash um, <laughs> and they're trying to push but, but you a don't bill. Need a stack of cash. You don't need a stack of cash. You're supposed to. No. <laughs> no, this is like about self-governance. We're showing yeah. up with the law we want and we're saying this is going to be a mechanism uh, for generating revenue for the state because what we're saying is we're going to aggressively go after polluters. Okay, we do it with the cars, don't we? Okay, yeah. so we're going to just apply the same standards. And you could say, well, you know, we're just Rhode Island or we're just, you know, a Montana. And if we stop it, what about the states around us? They're still going to do it. Well, yeah. the Good thing point. about this case, yeah, the thing about this case is, Sulfur, we're going back to sulfur dioxide, which we're finding in our tests, and that was taken out of fuel. And we, uh, it's, it's agreed on that it causes harm. Right. We now, have Jolie, to be able to. Mm-hmm. Jolie, I have somebody else that's yeah. waiting on the line. I want you to hang out because what you're talking about is very, very important. I feel like we're going to bounce back Ooh. to you. All right, we're going to. Try this other person. Let's just see if I can handle this on this phone line. And I really apologize to anyone who tried to call in last time. The phone number, if you want to call in and join is, is 218 
339-8525. You can call and I will try to put you on air. All right, let's see who this new person is and I'll get back to you, Jolie, because what you're talking about is really important. Okay, I'm going to put you on mute. And let's see who this new person is. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Rachel, hi. Yeah, hi. Uh, Debbie calling from Rhode Island. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for calling. You were the person that was on the air last time when I had to cut uh, you off at the very end of the show. I'm so sorry. You were waiting the whole time to speak. So here you are. Say whatever you want to say. Yeah, well, I was um, pretty disillusioned by Ken Caldera's whole presentation, having studied this phenomenon since 2011. First hearing about it from a girlfriend in New Mexico in 2003, it's apparently the West Coast out there, the Southwest, was being inundated even back then. I didn't see it on the East Coast. I was a New Yorker then for many years. And at the point I started seeing it is when I kind of coincided with some, what in the world are they spraying? Mm -hmm. So that was just coincidental. Then I started doing all this research on it, and then all the groups started popping up, and there was a huge public outcry. And um, one of the things I'm upset about is that it seems like all government policy is being dictated by industry or by outside groups that interface with with the legislation and basically offer laws, and the legislators listen to that and create the law. And, I mean, that's been my experience, whether it's with the mandatory vaccination or um, the G- GMO foods, the labeling of GMO foods, and geoengineering. Um, so, also, are you? Are, are, can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm just letting you talk because you're talking about good stuff. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I just wondered because my phone was um, doing something, so I didn't know. It was doing something. Yeah, no, but you're talking about – now, you said something. You you saw what the, the movie What on Earth Are They Spraying that really yeah. impacted you. Okay, yeah, that was a good okay. movie. If people but haven't I, seen I, it. I what on earth are they spraying, <laughs> but it was what in the world are they spraying. But it should okay. have been what on earth are they spraying, but – but yeah, but that that well the the thing that really got me with that movie was like um when they were talking about the aluminum um genetically engineered seeds that were resistant to aluminum. Now I know there's aluminum in some of our soil. But yeah. I mean I was I was really uh I have my own GMO free page in, in Rochester. I still have it. Um mm-hmm. but that just, uh, just a big light went on in my head. And then when Bandana Shiva, or Bandana Shiva was saying, when the typhoons came in in India and all the lands were flooded with salt, right? Right. Um, so was there with their salt-resistant seed. And, you know, they delivered their foods to the Indians, and the Indians didn't even eat it. And thank God, Bandana Shiva had enough stockpiles, very different than Western civilizations would have seed stocks, like up in that vault in Arctic or Mm -hmm, Norway. mm -hmm. 
So you, you felt, you, you felt this was all connected to controlling people, using the weather, making them have to use a certain seed, and then it was like a, a way to control people that way. The typhoon, I don't know back then. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, there's some documentation that Katrina was supersized, Hurricane Sandy was supersized by harp. There's all these other covert techniques integrated in, in geoengineering, and then people would just say, well, that's all just conspiracy theory. Yeah, say, that's what that's what Ken, Ken Caldera said, because he didn't think anything was going on at that time. But then again, the, uh, other people are telling me that other things were going on at that time. But go on, continue. Yeah, so there, there was this um, symposium in 2012 in Los Angeles. I think it was the first, and it was consciousness um, beyond, they, they used the word chemtrails, because most of the group used that word, and it's um, just an easy, easy word for people talking, using that word to be called alone. <laughs> you know? So it, it's best to like call it geoengineering. I, I kind of got out of the that terminology and that would use the word aerosol spraying because I kind of caught on early on that it, it was best to stay away from that because people it just turned people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know what? I'm going to switch over to, um, Jolie because she has something, she said something before about that, that term, chemtrails. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to you. Don't hang up. Okay. Don't hang up. All right. I'm going to come back to you. Jolie, did you hear what she just said about the word chemtrail? How she doesn't use that word anymore? Are you still here? Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah, you talk can you about that? Tell tell us about the word chemtrail and why if why it's probably a pretty good idea that she's using the word um, chemical aerosols or geoengineering to describe what she's she's talking about. Yeah, definitely. Um, we can we're trying to stick with the court admissible terms, you know. Um, and so when we're pursuing, for example, the weather research and innovation. Um, Forecasting and Innovation Act, and we can we can see that they've allocated funds for atmospheric chemistry. I mean, we have to just keep following the line and where the paper trail is leading to, and that's why, um, yeah, the word chemtrail has been ineffective in terms of policy. Um, and the best example of that is um, in HR two nine seven seven, which was in two thousand and one. It was called the Space. Preservation Act, and it was introduced by Dennis Kucinich. And um, in that bill, he referenced uh, chemtrails as being a space weapon, um, an exotic weapon. And then what happened was this bill um, was thrown out. It was dismissed, and it didn't go anywhere because of that word, apparently. And so um, I spoke with um, – I was when I was just beginning to learn about this, because I – I didn't know what the terms were because it is it is a legal approach. And, you know, in a court of law, you have court admissible terms and non-court admissible terms. And so so we're just trying to choose the ones that we can use in a court of law, which like our, our legal document, H-6011, identifies the use of any kind of chemicals, biologicals, uh, electromagnetic. Um, so it goes through the sphere 
of what we're talking about, we just get very uh, specific about our definitions and our terms. Mm-hmm, so um, mm-hmm. at any rate, we do want legislation that's going to succeed and so that it can provide a foothold for us to be able to, again, go after these polluters at the end of the day. Um, it's the air polluters and, you know, just trying to be consistent with regulations and standards that we already have. So it's not even, you know, that's why we're trying to just target these terms that people um, that are already in legislation and the uh, climate change and geoengineering pushers, they avoid the term emissions like the plague. They don't mm. they know we'll get to emissions later. We, we don't want to talk about emissions, you know right now, but later we're going to have to get to it. Well, hey, it's it's sulfur dioxide emission that we're talking about from airplanes. Okay. Okay. So, you know, anyway, I don't know. All right, I'm going to put, I'm going to put this other woman back on because she was in the middle of something, but I thought it was really important that we talk about that term chemtrails <laughs> because I know that people, when they finally kind of get a clue about what's going on when you see these things going on in the sky, You'll go online and you'll see people talking about chemtrails and it's easy to be like, oh, those people are kind of crazy, you know. But then if you switch it up and you're talking in legal, specific legal terms, it's hard for people to call you specifically crazy. So I think it's really good. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, yeah, just science and facts. That's it. Yeah. So if other people want to call in, and hold on, I'm going to get to the woman that just called in before, but I want people to know the number here is 218-339-8525. Right now we just talked to um, Jolie Dawn from ZeroGeoengineering.com. That's a website that people, if you're concerned about this, you should go to that website. She's all this organization, ZeroGeoengineering.com, is active all over the planet because this is a global situation that we're dealing with. Um, so, And then she also brought up Rhode Island's bill, uh, Rhode Island H6011. That's something that if you're in another state, you can look at it and you can adopt it, adapt it to your needs. Um, so I'm going to leave you with that. I want people to call in. I'm going to Let's go see if our caller is still on the line. Are you still there, caller? Hello? Still there? Yeah, hi. Rachel. Oh, good, doing? good, good. Thank you for staying on the line. Well, Jolie was explaining that. Yeah, All right. Um, so we um, science is fact, but unfortunately, so many of the scientists today are bought and paid for by the industry, mm-hmm. and it's all adulterated what is being considered science. <laughs> okay. This is, um, I mean, so going back to that conference in 2012, there was all, it was a three-day conference. It was really just incredible. And I was really taken by Sophia Smallstrom's presentation on them. It was on the biologics that were being attributed to the aerosol spraying. And it was frightening. It was well, so wait a second. Tell me about these biologics. What do you What do you mean? Well, well, there's a whole community um, of people in the world that have Morgellons disease, and it could be debated where it's coming from. Tell people what Morgellons disease is. Well, it's where 
something invades the body systems. It's a synthetic biology. Well, some of them have fibers that are growing out of their bodies and in their bodies, and some have insects that they that they see under the skin, and these are live forms that are trying to make their... It sounds like outrageous, but it, it is indeed proof. And I can go back to Stanford University and find a patent for those, that particular phenomena. So these people dig these things out. They may be winged and they have attributes of different animal. There's In the biology, there's three domains. When I studied that, because I'm older, um, there was the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom. Now there's there's three different domains. They're, uh, they're called domains. They're not called kingdoms. And those are the bacteria. They're, it's called our our and eukarya, and I'm mispronouncing that. So what also was discovered is that Clifford Carnicom um, from the Carnicom Institution, which was probably one of the first that started, he was out in New Mexico. He was one of the first that started observing aerosol spraying and started doing tests. And, and they, he found what they call cross-domain bacteria, where they were finding, uh, it was genetically engineered forms from these three, uh, these, these three domains that were in people's bodies. Oh, my God. Okay, so, and this is, uh, you went to this and went 2012 and you saw the, this? And mm-hmm. it was... You saw this in 2012 at a conference with Sophia Smallstorm? Um, what she's presented, it's called pseudo-life. You know, if you just look up Consciousness Beyond Chemtrails, it was 2012, um, Sophia Smallstorm. She'll give you her presentation, but the other that I'm talking about is um, actually came a little further along. Was it 2010 or, no, no, um, 2014 or 15? When I had an interaction with a gentleman that said he was a, um, he was a, a molecular biologist and that he had worked uh, independently for Raytheon and Lockheed and all these, this is what he alleged. Very, very bright man. I had a, a six, eight month email exchange with him, and he was working with Clifford Carnicom for that time. He's kind of vanished, and I'm not sure what happened with him, mm-hmm. but. That was coming out of that time was this, um, the fact they were trying to identify this new life form that they discovered that was kind of permeating aspects of life all over. Oh, okay, and, so uh, th- what, you're, what you're trying to say, or if I'm understanding you correctly, is that not only were they spraying chemicals into the air, there was some sort of live living yeah, cells? Yeah, isolated stories where where people blobs were coming out of the air and went all over this town in Oregon, and they tried to explain it that it was some kind of whirlwind, little little tornadic act uh, uh, action that happened out in the Pacific that picked up a, a school of jellyfish that just happened to be on the surface of the water and, and dumped it on the town. 
I mean, oh, this is this is X Files stuff. This is stuff out of the X Files. This is crazy. <laughs> All right, so this really happened to these people. So there's just these and people. I mean, I know um, in fibery things that people are finding, and and um, you know, and then and and, and that's right now, even with all the with all the rain samples, snow samples that are be, uh, being taken, we're testing for four metals, correct? Well, yeah, I guess that's what my rainwater got tested for. But should they be testing for bio, like bio substances? What the heck, man? This is crazy. I mean, even our water supply here, unless they're testing for aluminum, barium, strontium, sulfur, are they testing for that? I'll have to call them up because I'm being told that we have here in Newport, we have one of the most expensive systems in Rhode Island for water, which we're still paying for, and it's the worst in the state, or second the worst, that's what my neighbor told me. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's just, that's just wonderful, but are they testing for other contaminants or just their routine tests? I don't know. I, you know, I, and it's like the only, I called them about the fluoride, and of course the engineer was, oh, there's nothing to worry about, blah, blah, blah. And then they changed it. Within the year, they changed the federal limits. They passed it. So at least somehow that community has been inter- able to interface enough to get this fluoride down to half the level. Maybe we can save a few brain cells. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of laughed, but you know what? You're right. I mean, what the heck, man? I know they put the fluoride in there because they think it's going to help the health of the nation with healthy teeth and they'll eat and everything, but it's, 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 it's actually, it's a drug. It's a drug. And for all we know, they're, they're using chemtrails to, just to get rid of all the crap they don't know what else to do with. Because <laughs> maybe have laws, we have earth laws. You can't just supposedly pollute in the waterways and pollute even though they do, but if you're caught, you're in trouble. But nobody's yeah. policing the air except for the smokestack, you know. Hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go back to Jolie Dawn here because I want to talk to her about the different laws that are in place and if they are putting um, biological elements into the air to test on people, if they're doing that, and she had mentioned the Air Force, maybe – Maybe she has a clue on this. Maybe. Well, Hold on. You, you, back, it's well documented in, in St. Louis back in the, oh, God, when was that, in the 70s? Yeah, I think 50s. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, on, the, on, the, on the rooftops of, you know, with an inner city, kind of um, marginalized people. Sorry to, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and then like they didn't even bother, you know, 20 years out uh, to even have a follow-up to see how many of those children and moms exposed. Basically, it was a lot of single moms and their children were even alive. There's no follow. Except they said the same thing in Winnipeg way way back in the day. Yeah. That was a city in the middle of nowhere, so they had a they had a a way of studying what they did and. Yeah, Canada gave them permission to do that. They were dumping stuff on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all. Those are those are documented for sure. I'm gonna throw Jolie. I'm gonna throw Jolie back on the line, okay? Because she can maybe talk about this some more. Some of these uh, previous tests. 
Um, Jolie, are you still with us? Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Okay. Did you um, hear what our other caller was talking about? Yeah, I wanted to bio, bio, yeah, bioengineering and geoengineering. And she was she was right on the money. Um, People should go to carnicominstitute.org and study the research of Clifford Carnicom. Um, And you know he is probably one of the most you know um, knowledgeable researchers of this. geoengineering and you can go look at his um, YouTube's uh, aerosol crimes and cloud cover. Okay. And uh, those are two really good um, videos that you can get um, the perspective. And um, yeah, he was actually the one that originally told me um, to use court admissible terms in pursuit of any kind of legal um, method or approach. So, he was one of the first people to bring that to my attention, and I, you know, and Rosalind Peterson, of course, um, who wrote the um, Geoengineering Act, was one of the primary author of it. Um, and so it's just very clear: just um, use this term for these um, for the legal approach. And yeah, so and for people studying more balance, um, they're, um, you know. Clifford org, Um And there are quite a few um, people that are knowledgeable on detoxing. And Debbie could probably say more about that. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's we're definitely dealing with all kinds of um, contaminants. And it's just kind of an experiment. It's, it's an industry, you know. It's the... Um, military, industrial, intelligence, pharmaceutical industry. Uh, right, I'm so. kind of shaking right now because if they are, I mean, everybody sort of knows in Rhode Island where um, the caller on the other line and I live, um, the, the Lyme's disease is a big thing because Lyme's disease started in Lyme's, Lyme, Connecticut. Um, and then then I started hearing, yeah, I've had Lyme's disease twice twice and been out flat with that. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing to deal with. And it, and then I heard that that was actually, uh, well, you know, conspiracy theory central tells you that it's, was it a man-made disease? But I believe that it probably was. And now it's spreading all over the place, all over this country in the United States. It's not moved from the East Coast and moved out. And now we're talking about some, they're spraying stuff on people. That's some sort of biological thing like that. that well, this is the thing. That, that's why we are are nonstop and myopic in our quest to shut this down. That's exactly it. We should never even tolerate this this type of abuse. You know, I mean, they're just doing experiments. You know, but it is biological life that we're trying to save. You know, they can't do their experiments. And Ken Caldera and David Keyes and Bill Gates you don't have any authority. Again, the the Nuremberg Code applies here. It has to. Yeah. They're doing all kinds of experiments. They're scientists. They do not have consent of the subject. We are all subjects in their experiments. We cannot have any kind of freedom or liberty if we're going to be violated in this way constantly, 24-7 what? exposures. Yeah. Does what they're doing... 
you, we brought it up a couple times, the military, like the Air Force and the military-industrial complex, is what they're doing in somebody's mind helpful for some sort of military communications maybe or uh, I don't know, but why would they – What? Uh, I don't know what to do about this because if it's there to keep us safe, why would they be hurting us? But then again, wow. Look what at the military. Do, do they? Do, are they going to do anything that's safe for the environment? I mean, just look at the track record. And I encourage people to check out Ilana Freeland's um, work. She is writing a new book, The Space Fence. I'm not sure if it's out, but see the ionizing of the atmosphere by injecting the chemical aerosols and then heating or using different techniques with NEXRAD and these uh, generators that you know emit. Um, electromagnetism. I mean, it's working um, t- together. It's overlapping technology, and that's why you know we have to just rein it in and insist that there are strict regulations and guidelines placed upon these industries. And yeah, I mean, there you know there was uh, they definitely sidestepped some regulations. You know, we all know that. So oh, I mean, just so. So there was something going on. You said they were heating something. They were blowing aerosols in and heating it and see what was happening. Yeah, all these. And you have this all documented at zerogeoengineering.com. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, good. So people can go to that website, zerogeoengineering.com, and you'll see the historic documents of these different tests. I came across, I think it was at zerogeoengineering.com, somebody had posted – a list, it was something like a 60-page report of the history of all the different geoengineering experiments across the world. And it was like a, you know, it was like a Excel sheet. It was just a report. Oh, of, yeah. Okay. That was yeah, pretty that's amazing. 50 years. That, that's an um, important document. It's um, a half century of geoengineering experimentation. And that's an ETC report. And it goes there. It's like a graph, like you said. It just tells you where the experiment took place, uh, what the experiment was, who sponsored and funded it, what years it was. It tells you all of that. So, you know, again, when people talk about climate change and so forth with, with us, we have to push further and say, yeah, climate change, but it's geoengineering-induced climate change because they have very much manipulated the weather and interfered with the natural system. And so that's why we're stepping in here and saying, no, you don't, you know, and that's, it, it is, it's a military communication system. So in a way, I mean, it's a, it's a double-edged sword here, what we're dealing with is for all these years, the military industrial intelligence complex has been just pretty much doing their own thing, violating, you know, this law and that law. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. All right. Let me go back to the other caller on the other line. She's been hanging on. Okay, Jolie. You, we're going to get back to you when we round off this hour, which is going to be in a couple minutes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I'm bringing you both up. All right. So you both talk at the same time. Um. Who are you still on the line, hon? My other caller. Yeah, I am. Okay. Good. Because it looked like well, you went off there for a me. while and you called back. Okay. I good. Good. Hit something on the phone or whatever. Okay. Um, so yeah, did you I anything thought, you wanted to kind of close out with before yeah, we... I also wanted to say 
we don't really know all the players. I mean, I'm pretty sure that it's the CIA interface with the Department of Defense, but it's also farmed out to private and to probably commercial. Mm-hmm. But to say Monsanto, they bought Logic out, which was a private, private, I don't know if it was not for profit, but that was like the bee response, and it, it and the bees are dying, and we don't know whether it's pesticides or whether it's um, um, a contaminant coming or a vibration coming. You know, we don't know, you know, if it's the Wi-Fi or so. Monsanto bought them out, so that's, that's a whole independent arm that got axed. And Monsanto bought, has this other um, weather, um, they, um, they either bought it out or they formed it. It's a weather, um, you, you can buy shares. In, oh, it's, in, it's actually in the, um, the second film Michael Murphy put out about why in the world are they spraying. Because he's talking about the weather derivatives and how you can project certain things and um, not it's not just about well I want to have a perfect day for my wedding so we'll pay money to this company to engineer it so that the rain clouds stay away. It was like more nefarious than that. That's Monsanto. So I'm not pointing yeah, well I'll point fingers at Monsanto any day, but there's a whole I'm sure there's a whole bunch of corporations that are interfaced with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good. It's good. All right. Now, guys, we got about, I don't know, a few minutes left here. I want to really wrap up and let people know that this stuff that's going on isn't just the chemicals. Now that we hear it, it's not just the chemicals. There's also a, a radiation type of thing that's, or they're trying to warm these chemicals up or they're trying to, there's something going on other than just the airplane trails that we see. Um, and that brought, brings us to this 5G problem um, that might be, it might be a problem, but I perceive it as after talking to a lot of these people that it probably is a problem. And that 5G stuff will be um, included in the Rhode Island H6011, I hope. And um, Jolie, did you want to talk about that a little bit till we round yeah. off this hour? It's so important to connect the 5G to what we're talking about because it's integrated technologies. And so in the H6011 from Rhode Island, we have defined electromagnetism as an air contaminant. So um, it's, again, specific. Um, and we might not be able to stop the towers because of the 1996 Telecommunications Act. But we can stop the pollution because if we view it in terms of emissions, it's something that is tangible. We can measure it if we have the right equipment to measure it. And, again, it's unacceptable because we have to protect life. We have to protect those who are the most vulnerable and in our environment because we owe it to, you know, not just ourselves but future humanity in 2,000 years from now. You know, we have to intercede here and have an intervention, a human intervention, and throw this engineering paradigm off course and make them pay for all the damage. You know, I don't know how that's going to happen, but we have to call it a task. You know, we can't just allow it to slip by. It's been doing that since the 1950s, and that's why we've gotten here like this. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of that that list, that um, Excel sheet that had the different geoengineering 
documented all over the planet, like what they sprayed and all that, like somebody documented that. And honest to God, if you were living in Chile or something and you all of a sudden a whole bunch of people started getting really sick, that document could be very helpful. And that's why I think the Rhode Island H6011 bill is good because then if a sickness did like occur and people could say, all right, well, what was going on? At that time, they could say, oh, well, look, there was a flight going out and they had these chemicals or this <laughs> this biological agent there. They're spraying out everywhere. They're, oh, my gosh, that made people <laughs> sick. You know, that at least we would know right now. We don't know. And I know for a fact a lot of people around me, my friends, and my family, and I hear about it a lot. There's a lot of autoimmune problems and there's a lot of um just weird. I feel, I feel achy, you know, as people like, oh, it's fibromyalgia or whatever. It's MS. It's, oh, are you getting Alzheimer's? Stuff like that. And you know what? It's, it seems like in cancer, cancer is everywhere. When back in the day, I didn't know many people with cancer. Granted, I was younger then, but it didn't seem as prevalent. Now it's like everybody's getting chemotherapy for everything. And I wonder if it has to do with the stuff that they're spraying on us. Oh, absolutely. And we do know, Rachel, I mean, I, I encourage people to go to that document. It's the ETC group, a half century of geoengineering experimentation. And go to page 50, 51, and you'll see they list, okay, in North America, USA, they had cloud whitening. They had a major research project in North America from the National Science Foundation grant to Rutgers University, NASA. Carnegie Stanford Institute. That's Ken Gildera right there. That is yeah. 2006. So, and they're talking about SRM. I mean, and research and development. I mean, okay, so we do know. And it's involved with the Department of Defense and NASA and CIA. And so we're talking about all the people who usually get to avoid talking about their destructive um, programs. Um, but again, you know, look, we're paying for this. You know, the taxpayers are paying for all of this. So we have a right and an obligation to come in and correct all of this. Like crazy people were designing these programs in the 1940s and before. And so we have an opportunity and an obligation, like I said, to correct this. We have to replace this program and right on. something that's going to be lasting and all right thank you so much thank you so much everybody go to zero geoengineering.com check out what jolie's talking about thank you everybody for calling in and hang, hang on to the next hour see you in a little bit well that sounds like how i feel after the last hour thank you so much for everybody calling in that was great we had two people that called in, and they were very, very articulate. And today we're talking about geoengineering. On the first hour, um, we talked to Jolie Dawn of ZeroGeoengineering.com, and I highly recommend everybody go over to that website and look at the documentation they have. Uh, another woman named Deborah from Rhode Island, she also called, and she shared some of her conferences that she went to and what she's experienced here in Rhode Island and they talked about the bill that we have here called Rhode Island House, which is which H6011, which is a, a basically the blueprint for other states to take and introduce in their state to try to control 
geoengineering. Now, in the second hour, I'm taking a different tact with this because after the interview I did with Jolie Dawn of ZeroGeoengineering.com a few weeks, a couple months ago, I guess, um, uh, I got sent some, uh, it's called Organ, and I didn't know what it was. To me, it looked like uh, a, maybe an ice cube tray got filled up with uh, some BBs, like, you know, BBs for a BB gun, BBs and some scrap metal and some crushed up sand and then uh, got poured over with uh, some sort of blue, it looked like, I don't know, some sort of plastic or something. And I opened up the package. The package got sent to me. And it's supposed to be, you know, make you protect you from, I don't know. But I just fell in love with the little thing. I thought it was very, like, a special thing that maybe a child's drawing. It felt like a child's drawing to me. And I was like, well, that's very special that somebody sent it to me. And there also included was this little heart. It was like a little heart pendant. It was purple, and it was smaller and thinner than the ice cube, blue ice cube thing. And, um... I carry that around in my purse. It says love on the back of it. And uh, there was four of these cubes, these blue cubes. And I gave one to my son and my daughter, my mother, and I have one. And we opened this package up on our, on our sun porch. We have like a porch with screens, like a screened-in porch. And we all were sitting around looking at it, and we thought it was kind of neat. We didn't know what it was really. And I... I have some stories to tell about this, but I wanted to know more about this. So I had, I contacted the person that made them and his name is Leo Rhodes and he's with me today. He sent me his uh, statement and I want to read it to you before he actually starts talking. It says, this is a statement from him. I began creating Oregon in August of 2014. I grew up and live on a farm 10 miles outside of DC in Maryland. And I'm very thankful for Oregon and all that is brought into my life. My creations are combinations of all my experiences and my journey, strengthening all of the best in this beautiful world we live in. Leo Rhodes. Now, Leo, you on the line with me right now? Yes, I'm here. Thank well, you very thank much. You. You're more than welcome. Thank you for being on the show. Now, how did you begin to make this stuff, and why do you think... Uh, why do you think I put you on the show with the chemtrail people, not the chemtrail people, we're not supposed to call it chemtrail, but the geoengineering people. I put you on the show because the person that sent it to me said it would protect me from the effects of the chemicals they're spraying and the radiation, the 5G radiation. And I, I didn't really believe it, but I had that little heart. And I had, I want to tell the story. Let me tell it first and then you talk, yeah. okay? Um, Sounds good. I, okay. I had this, um, I was at a dinner with some people and one of the women I was with, we were talking, well, actually it was a meeting over, um, we were at the Navy was having some sort of meeting about their environmental impact or whatever. So after that meeting, we went and had dinner. And one of the women had a thing called an electrosmog meter. I never heard of that thing. I don't know what it is. And she, I said, well, what? Yeah, I said, what is this? And she said, it's, uh, um, you know, it measures the, the radiate, the electro radiation going through the room. And she said, we're a safe level right now. And I said, oh, well, what about, well, what about if my phone is next to it? So everybody, everybody pulled out their cell phones and we put this electrosmog meter next to it. The electrosmog meter was like 
spiking red, 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 meaning danger or something, and then it would go to green, and then it would go back up to red, red, red. Then my phone, which was the cheapest phone on the planet, um, was just red, continually red. And I said, well, what happens if we put this organ that I have? And I took out the little heart that you created, and I put it between the phone, my phone, and the uh, electrosmog meter, which I still don't really know what that thing is. And I put it between, and the readings on the electrosmog meter turned green almost consistently. And then it would spike to red for just a moment and go back to green. And I couldn't believe it, Leo. And that's when I said I had to find you. So I'm very cool to hear that. It's a great story. <laughs> I know, but it's true, and I don't know what Oregon is. And is how do you say Oregon? Yes, Oregon. Okay. Now you do the talking. You explain what this thing is because I don't know what it is. Go. All right. So Oregon was a definition that was founded by Wilhelm Reich in uh, the 1930s and 40s. He had done different work with uh, Sigmund Freud, uh, studying you know human body, and he had noticed there was something outside of the human body that was affecting them. Um, and so through his research, that's how he had, he had come up with what he had found is called orgone energy. And he had found there was a positive POR orgone energy and a DOR, which he called deadly orgone energy. Um, well, one, one thing I just wanted to say, it was a quote from him that kind of ties it all together. It was really nice. So I'm, I'm just going to read that real quick here. He said, I am well aware of the fact that the human race has known about the existence of a universal energy related to life for many ages. However, the basic task of natural science consisted in making their energy unusable. This is the sole difference between my work and all preceding knowledge. Um, so it's, it's something that most science ignores these energies that exist in and around everything that we love on, on this planet, all living life, as well as what we consider non-living life, you know, metals and rocks. Uh, this is the same as etheric energy or Reiki energy or prana, magnetic energy, chi uh, energy, life force energy. So what the orgone does is it brings in and attracts to it, these energies, and then cycles them and brings them to uh, energy that's more acceptable for where we live in, the conditions that we were originally designed to be in here on Earth. Uh, and so what it does is it pulsates, it pushes and pulls on it, and the metals are, are part of what actually assists in all of that. The crystals help bring everything back into something that's more usable for who we are. So where are these energies coming from uh, in the mass scale of what is not necessarily helpful for our human bodies and every other, you know, living life on this planet is mostly coming from technologies that we've created over the last 50 years, um, from cell phone towers, from GPS and satellites, and all of this is, is bathing the earth in between cities with the DOR energy, and this is what causes uh, some people to be more irritable or feel more sluggish, you know, it's because they're being bathed with these other energies and they, they don't necessarily know why they feel the way that they do. It's, it's coming from this mass 
you know, scale of this energy bathing everything that exists in this area. And so, but orgone helps to create an environment that our bodies can do more of what it does naturally because it's absorbing this energy and bringing it to a better energy so that we can actually use. Um, so, orgone energy, it, it was originally, he created accumulators, and he created these accumulators using uh, organic and non-organic materials stacked together. And he would place certain, you know, he did experiments with others that had terminal diseases. And with his organ accumulator, they would sit in it for 30 minutes at a time. And it would help their bodies adjust to what they needed because it would help bring them the energies that they didn't currently have in abundance and bring things back into a more, you know, viable living uh, energy that they could right, be so in. This was like okay. a medical, that would be like a medical treatment. People would go like, I don't feel good. And he'd say, oh, go sit in the, this, this box. Was it a box? What is yeah. it? Well, okay. So that's, that's the orgone accumulator box that he had actually created. Okay. Yeah. This, this was, this was part of his research because he knew there was something affecting it. And he noticed by creating, by stacking these organic and organic materials that it would actually bring all of the, you know, positive and negative, the POR and the DOR together. And so okay. then the, your system could then take in what it needed to adjust itself and release the other energies that it didn't need uh, at the same time. And, uh, uh, okay. So in this, do people still practice this at all? Or is this just something he did at the time and it's documented well, is so this... in 1986, there was scientists at the University of Malbury, Germany. They did okay. a blind study using his research, and they had created an accumulator. And they seen through their uh, experiments that 30-minute treatments of the orgone accumulator caused consistent psycho psychological effects on the patient you know, where they, you know, the people that were in the experiment, and then it actually was effective. Um, so people do still create these accumulators. It is something that I consider making at some point, but it, it's an energy that, that is beyond just that accumulator. There's other methods of having, uh, that's what the orgone is all about. It's a combination of the fiberglass, which is resin, which is the inorganic material, and then the metal which are helping to push and pull, and the crystals help bring everything together to change the energy into something that is more usable for all of us. Okay, okay. I do have to say, on top of this experience I had with the electro smog meter, which, by the way, I'm not even—I don't even know what that thing is—but it has a cool name, <laughs> electro smog meter. On top of that experience, my son, because I told you I shared my. Um, those cubes with my son and my daughter and my mother. Um, my son had always been plagued with, uh, you know, nightmares. And when we got these cubes, uh, he was very interested in this, you know, the BBs and stuff in there. And he wanted to take a, like a hacksaw and cut it up. And I said, no, no, don't do that. Just put it next to your bed. And, you know, we kind of hung out. We had dinner on the porch there and everything. And he had it next to his bed. The next night, he said, you know, I... I don't have nightmares. I think it's that cube. 
and I didn't say anything that was going to make him not have nightmares or anything like that. We were just like, wow, this person that was on my radio show sent me these things. And uh, we, I wasn't like I gave him the idea that he was going to have good dreams because of this thing. But he, he said that it helped him with, he hasn't had a nightmare since. I'm like, I'm a convert to this thing. I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, I, I've noticed that as well. It, it does allow you to, to sleep so much better. I, As I started making orgone and collecting it, within my first six months of placing orgone around the house and around my, my parents' house, I noticed that they started being happier and more calm, you know, not, not reacting so much to things, and they slept better. They, they weren't, you know, it, it changes because we don't really notice all the things that are really interacting with us on a daily basis when we go out there, we, we blame things on certain other things that we just don't really see. But this, this orgone energy, the DOR is being blanketed, especially in places where I live. I mean, I live right near DC. There's cell towers. There's probably about 20 of them just in my immediate area here. And then the geoengineering, I mean, at, at moments, that's the only thing that's in the sky. Uh, you know, the whole entire sky will get, you know, sprayed or, you know, whatever they're actually doing at those moments. Um, but the orgone energy actually helps bring everything back into a cleaner, better, usable. And, and it's not just human beings, even animals. I have many, many customers that have said to me that their pets, you know, their cats, their dogs, they, they just can't get enough of it. They want to lay next to it. They want to play with it because it's emitting that energy that it's acceptable for our body and it's actually helping us be more of who we are. Um, plants as well. Any plant to uh, bring orgone and set it near, it's helping to create an environment where that plant can be all that it's designed to be, that all it was created to be without having these other energies that are being blanketed everywhere, affecting it and, and limiting its ability to grow because it's expending energy to keep itself alive. So the okay, I'm going to, can I bust in with my story now? Because Here's another one. I can't believe this because we, I just told you that we opened the box or the, you know, the package with these cute blue, they're blue cubes and I think they're called towers. They were, they're blue. Oh. Yeah. And we opened it in that, we call it the summertime room, the screened in porch room. And in that room, I have a camellia plant that is about, I don't know, six, seven years, five years. I don't know. It's a few years old. It's always been at my house. I always bring it in in the wintertime. I live in Rhode Island and it, it gets cold in the Rhode Island. So I got to bring it in and it always blooms in January or February. And that's when camellia plants bloom. Now it's trying to bloom again. There's buds all over the thing. And I don't know why. And then you just said about the plants and the, the nature. So maybe because we opened the box right there, I don't know. But that you just said something. I said, oh, my God, that's why my plant might be blossoming. That seems strange, too. But this is amazing to me. So continue on. Just for people that are listening, this man that you're listening to, Leo Rhodes, he's got a, he's got a website. It's called riseperspective.com, and you can see his creations. Um, and I guess you can order them there. But before we even get into that, I do want you to continue on what you're talking about. I'm going on and on about how great this stuff is. But are there any negative effects for people with this stuff ever reported to you? Now, see, that's the question that I've had about this. In the very beginning, because I didn't completely understand 
what parts of what I'm doing is actually creating this effect and, you know, what elements are going into it. And so I question this a lot. Um, and in the process of me, you know, offering my pieces to others, I had a wonderful teacher come to my life and I was explained very clearly that orgone cannot be used for any negative purpose. No matter what somebody wants to do, it cannot be used to harm other human beings or to bring things negative into their lives. Uh, that it, it actually, it'll stay it, on all to its own. It's, it's almost like a time capsule in a sense. When I create my orgone, all the essence of all that has been put into it is there locked in and it's just vibing you know, forever, really. I, I also seen that with my combinations that I've created, you know, what it's going to create into the future, I was seeing that these are new, like, time capsules that will create brand new things in the future, you know, ele combining elements and situations that weren't previously before into this world. Um, but, no, it, it, it can't be used in a negative way. It was something that I've questioned on many levels, and I've asked about it, but... It's not something that, that actually would be harmful to any other human being. Some might seem as though they don't feel comfortable around it, and some of that is about this new energy that they're not necessarily familiar with from what they've been used to being bathed by, you know, so it seems different to them, but it's actually assisting them. And, and in a short period of time, they'll actually be comfortable, you know, some within days, some within weeks they'll actually be very comfortable having the orgone around them. I carry orgone everywhere I go. Uh, I take it and I gift it all over the place. And even places that I gifted, you know, certain people, like I put it around fields and, and they've been like, wow, my crops are doing really good this year and stuff. And they're like, I didn't do anything different. And I don't understand why. And then even other human beings, you know, like they've had tension at work and things of that nature. And I've, I've gifted them some organ and I've, I've explained to them to take it with them and to put it in their office and, you know, put it around their environment. And they've watched human beings, like, they would even say to themselves, I don't know why I feel this way, why I'm so much happier, you know, but this is great, you know, and it's, it's the organ. It's helping to create a better environment for us mm. to live in. Okay. Now, how is this different or the same or it's not like this at all? I've seen um, Himalayan salts. Like, they sell it, like, all over the place in, like, health food stores and, like, even decorating where places, warehouses and whatnot. They'll sell this uh, Himalayan salt, and you're just supposed to put it next to somewhere on your desk. And they said that the Himalayan, Himalayan salt, it ends up, neutralizing the ions that's that are put out by your computer is it sort of similar to that or is it different uh so so all elements are a frequency all right so the frequency that himalayan salt is generating is creating it's helping us ground these these energies in around us so it, it is actually helping just not on a level of cycling as much energy as organs some some have said that a single power buster can affect miles of energy as it cycles. You know, like in an area where I am, it wouldn't it wouldn't have such an effective range because the amount of bombardment, all the you know technology and everything that's happening, it doesn't stretch out quite as far. But it actually cycles energy and grows, and so its effective area starts to become bigger. Um, the salt 
is is pulsing and generating, you know, at the same. But it's not necessarily cycling the energy that's in that area as much as the orgone is. Um, but it, okay. it is that is so to add just when I do that sometimes. I'm sorry. It was it's the salt just neutralizes basically, whereas the orgone takes the energy and like some sort of jujitsu flips it around and makes it good or something. Well, yeah, so, so the salt is, is generating its own energy, and mm-hmm. so that's helping our bodies from being around those other, you know, electronic devices and stuff like that, because it, it is a generator within itself. Um, okay. But it's cycling the energy like the organ is, where it's taking it in and, and balancing everything out in the room. Mm-hmm. And you just said that little... Um Blue, it looks literally looks like an ice cube. Uh, you said that could take care of miles. Okay, so when I'm referring to that, I'm referring to more of like a muffin pan size. You know, like if you were to take the bottom of a regular size muffin. Okay. That's the most common thing that's a tower buster. Uh, the okay. cube is so that's more. I made those so that they're smaller to carry around with you to to place in between you know, electronic devices or to, to use in a grid system um, around your house or around your work or in your car. I mean, Tower Busters, they, they're universal. It can be created in many sizes. Um, the bigger it is, the more area that it can affect. So ultimately, uh, okay. the bigger. Does, does the shape of this thing make a difference? Because I noticed some are cubes, some are circles, some are pyramids. And are some of them like, you know, I don't want to say this, but they look maybe like paperweights. Sure. And, yeah, but so, are are all Oregon the same? All right. Well, okay, there's a couple of questions there. Yeah, I guess you're right. I kind of threw them all at you once. <laughs> so the Oregon shape does have an effect, but it's cycling energy inside and outside of it from all directions. It's, it doesn't really necessarily have a particular direction. Now you can with combinations of different metals and, uh, you know, crystals like terminated crystals, ones that are naturally pointed, uh, you can direct a flow more. So it will have more of a directed flow. Uh, now as for just combining the elements by themselves, does not necessarily create it as an effective device. There, there is some orgone on the market. I don't know specifically where all of it's coming from. I consider it might be coming from China. So it doesn't really have all the elements that it needs in it. It has some crystals in it. It has like a coil in it, but it's mostly empty. It, it's really more of an art piece than it is a piece of orgone because orgone needs to have to be filled out mostly. You know, the device needs more metals. It needs more crystals in it. And it also needs to be handled by someone who's, placing the best intentions and purpose for it because it it is driven by the human beings that are actually interacting with it. It can be directed, and that's where you could use specific devices to do things to assist you, such as, you know, if you have something medically that you need or that you need some additional prosperity in your life. There are additional parts of that, and that's all the variety of frequencies that are being offered through the materials that are inside of it. Um, and all that's placed by a human being who's familiar with what's going on. I, it took 
many, many, many months of experimentation for me to begin to understand what was doing what, you know, for the foregone device and what was going to bring the very best to everyone. And it's, that's still expanding. It's, it's an ever-expanding uh, situation. Oregon will continue on for many, 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 many years. So, so this thing. is almost like alchemy. What you're doing, you're, you're. It's really. Uh, go ahead. It, it is totally alchemy. Any, all the elements that we use, all the foods, all those things, they tie into alchemy, which is part of who we are. We, you know, our body, it, it takes in, you know, nutrients and it's taking in sunlight and all these things and it's using that. And so others understand that and, and others don't really pay attention to that. That's where the sciences have kind of ignored some of these things. And so some of their creations are creating energies and other environments that aren't really the best for us to be in, you know, and that's where we're, we're seeing the effects of it all over the world where, you know, there's people that are not very happy. People are getting sick, you know, uh, environments are failing, you know, nature is, is suffering in certain ways because of situations that have been created by others who weren't necessarily aware of what they are actually creating. And, the organ is helping to bring a balance to all that. Oh, okay. So wait a second. What you said, somebody's creating this stuff, maybe just to make a buck. They're selling it. That's coming from China. Could that stuff be detrimental? Like you're saying, your organ's going to make things like really nice, hopefully. But could that stuff that's not made with the same intention and the same care as you, if people are using that, could that use the energy to make things really uncomfortable for other people? So organ can't, it, it's not going to take away from your life force or anything like that. Basically what it's going to do is they're creating devices that aren't really cycling energy. The amount of, it's so minuscule that what's being created there that it's, it's not, it's not really effective. Um, okay. it's, a, it's an art piece. The crystals are emitting different frequencies based on the ingredients that are in it, but the, the amount of ingredients and what the, the placement of everything has created something that it's just not so effective. So in a sense, yes, it can be a little bit detrimental to certain ones because it can be misguiding, you know, to others. So when they purchase it, they're considering, oh, this is orgone, all orgones created equal, and, you know, this is just what it is. And it, it's really not a piece of orgone. It's more so just something beautiful to look at, you know, and place on your desk or, you know, as a paperweight. It's not mm-hmm. having the effectiveness of, you know, a piece of organ. Like one of my mini cubes, I, I know how much they affect others. When In the beginnings that got me started in all this, I had made some organ with a good friend of mine who knew that I had a lot of different metals uh, because my father had a machine shop for over 40 years. And so he'd asked me to bring some, and he was making tower busters to go gift in his area which is what a lot of organ creators are doing. They're not actually creating them to sell them. They're creating to go place around cell towers, to go place around parks and schools and areas in their community to assist all the human beings that live in these areas and to create a better environment for all the human beings. And so with some of my first pieces, you know, I, I was like, this is, this is a whole new situation to me, and I didn't quite understand how it could be effective, and I didn't quite feel energy coming from it. So I would take the pieces and I would show them to others. I'd hand it to them 
I wouldn't tell them that I made it. I wouldn't tell them anything about it. I would just hand it to them. And certain ones would immediately become excited and start, like, almost dancing and jumping around. And they'd be, like, so happy. And they were like, what is this? This is so amazing. They were like, do you feel the energy from this? And, and I was just like, wow. And this, this happened, you know, over and over again with certain ones. And I was like, wow, there's really something about this. And it, it, it does really affect others. I've noticed, so, like, some of them are uh, for clarify what is effective with my orgone in my experiments, I've used human beings who are very sensitive to energy. And I've used their experiences and communication with them as to what, you know, what's actually been created there. And so it's important to know who you're getting your orgone from and where it's coming from because not all orgone is created equal. Um, there's a lot of very beautiful human beings that are creating very effective, powerful pieces all over the globe. Um, but then there's other ones that are creating things just to turn money. You know, they're putting something together because they know that others are becoming aware of these situations. And so they're, they're looking to fill the market, you know, with what they have. But it's not actually, you know, if you were to place some of those pieces in an area like, say, you worked in a computer lab or something, or, you know, you're around a lot of electronics and stuff, it's not going to be as effective in assisting that human being as a real piece of organ created by someone who's, you know, paying attention to what's happening and, and learning it and asking, you know, what is this doing and then experiencing that with others, you know, to bring the very best to the situation. Okay. Okay. So I have another question and I'll probably ask three questions in this one question, but how, <laughs> how can, so the little blue cube that I have, if people want to go to Leo's website, riseperspective.com, he's got a, a whole bunch of the stuff that he makes, and you'll probably see them. This one, mine is blue. It looks like maybe an ice cube, and it's blue, and it's got little shards of metal in it and BBs. Um, now, you said that one's good to kind of put all around the house to kind of in a grid type of pattern. Now, when this person sent this to me, we had been talking on my show about the G5 stuff or the 5G um, uh, cell phone stuff, and she said this would help with that. Is Yeah. Yeah, okay, will. Okay, that's good. All right, so then I also wanted to know, would this help with the uh, geoengineering stuff? You had said you lived on a farm, and people put this in there. Does it seem to help with that? And right. I want you to talk about that some more. All right. So one thing I noticed, so I had created Tower Busters, you know, with my friend. And then, you know, he had explained to me how, how you place them in certain areas around cell towers. And you can place a grid around your house. And when you place a grid, it can have crystals in it as well. It doesn't just have to be organ devices. But, but how you create a grid is by placing the items out there. And then drawing lines connecting all of these pieces together in your mind, right? And then okay. you place an intention for purpose, and that that helps to drive all this. All all of these pieces are actually connecting, even if you're not previously, you know, aware of this or you know, understanding all these things. These the organ devices are auto, they're connecting with your body, 
And so what I noticed is after placing a grid around the farm, when I would see, you know, planes that would leave trails in the sky, all right, so it would be a straight line, you know, coming across. And I would notice sometimes within 30 minutes or even sooner that the line was gone over the top of the farm. And when I would look off to the right, that same line was solid. You know, as far as I could see out there, it was solid. And then to the left side, it was solid again. But above the farm, it was completely gone. And this consistently happens. And I've noticed it's almost like a bubble. You know, like when I would come onto the property, I would notice a change. Like I, I would, I'd feel more comfortable. Everything would become more calm. And part of that is because I'm at home, but it's really... It's the Oregon veil that I've, I've created. You know, the, the energy that's cycling there is actually creating a better environment. I've, I've watched all sorts of things. I mean, so much of nature and trees even that were, like, being attacked by bugs and things that didn't seem like they were going to continue. They were dying off and things. And now they have all new limbs growing. They're growing abundant, you know, fruit trees that seemed very sick because, you know, they were of age or things of that nature, and, and now they're they're thriving and strong again as though they were a young tree. You know, it, it really does change the whole environment as well as the sky. And there are parts of these devices that can affect even further up. Um, Wilhelm Reich used to call them cloud busters, and some of them they use copper pipes along with crystals and organ technology put together. And they will help balance weather cycles to where if it's really dry, it'll help it rain. If it's getting too much rain, it'll help balance it out. And could it, could it could it affect like if the if they were doing geoengineering, could it counter any of the geoengineering? You're saying you don't see it going over your house, like you feel like you're you've created like a little safety bubble around your fields with your with your organ. Do you think if people are literally trying to dry up California or if they're trying to create massive rains somewhere in say Vietnam or something that these, these creations that you do could help. They could, could counter that. Yes. Yeah. No. Yes, it could. Yeah. I agree with that very much. So I, I see this happen and it's, from some certain ones will say, you know, no matter how much they try it, it won't be effective because of the orgone is, is cycling this energy. And I, I watch it, it, you know, be that the line clears above the farm um, and it's still solid off in the distance, it lets me know that it's more than just the wind because the other parts of that line aren't even spread out or anything. They're still solid, which means that what the organ has done, it, it be that it either absorbed it or took it in or separated it or brought it into something that was better for, you know, the earth as a whole. I, I know that it is affecting everything. And I've, I've also witnessed in areas that others have gifted heavily um, with organ dramatic changes. And, and even it's been linked to certain ones just at crime rates and other parts of things because when these other devices or attempts that ones have made to, you know, create different environments on Earth by geoengineering, this organ has helped to change that cycle and bring things back into, you know, more of where the Earth belongs and where we all belong in. And so I, I do agree very much that it is affecting it. And 
in helping to keep all of us where we need to be. Okay. Now, you had mentioned something previously. There's people that go and go by by the cell towers and they bury them or they put them near the cell towers. Now, is that like a team of people that are doing this as a concerted front to try to help the planet and people in general? Or is this just like lone gunman type of people that are just flying around with Oregon. It seems to me that I'm kind of picking up that this is like kind of a concerted, kind of a cool thing to do for a certain group of people. Well, let's let's put it this way. There is no limitation to the amazing, beautiful things that human beings bring to Earth. No matter what others try to convince them, the best will come forward. And so this is almost like a uniting or awakening of other human beings, and they're becoming aware of these things and learning the tools that we need to, to bring us to where we need to go, you know, to where we need to be, to what we want to be. Yeah, this is something that's happening worldwide, and it's been going on for over 30 years. For over mm-hmm. 30 years, phone has been being created by others. And it it is... It is by, you know, human beings who want to see things better um, and who want to bring the, you know, the very best into other human beings' lives and to help all of us feel better and happy because that's what we're really here for is, you know, to be well, to be happy, to bring joy, you know, and laughter and excitement and creativity. All those things are what we desire. But so many, because of the lifestyles and situations that have been created, like I love technology. Technology is amazing, and we wouldn't be able to communicate right now. Like this is this part of technology, and we need that, and we we deserve all of that to keep advancing and creating better things. But in the process of all that, because science has left parts out, there's missing elements that need to be taken into consideration, and Oregon is part of you know helping to assist that into bringing things and into what we really need for all of us to enjoy all the things that are helping us do things easier and communicate more, you know, at the same time, uh, feel good, you know, every day. Because really, you know, that's what it's all about is, is being happy and healthy. You know, your well-being, I, I encourage many others more and more to consider well-being at the highest priority above all other things outside of their environment, you know, outside of their body, you know, to put their well-being first, you know. And I know Oregon is part of that, you know, situation that's helping others realize this and, and enjoy their lives more. Now, thank you. Now, um, the you said the word gifting a bunch of times during this interview. Yeah. Should people, now if people buy this for themselves, is it better to have it gifted to them or to buy it for themselves? Well, that's, that's all by choice. Um, so I guess the Oregon, that's part of why I, I even started selling it in the first place, because I started seeing how much, I, I mean, I live in the D.C. area. There's cell towers everywhere. There's, you know, things that happen in the skies. There's, there's even things I really don't even begin to have accountability for. And so I realized the need for how much Oregon was out there, especially after experiencing how certain ones reacted to it, you know, responded to, you know, the organ devices. So gifting what others are doing, many of them are creating it and then they're placing it in these environments, you know, for others. Gifting is part of the whole thing. Purchasing it is one thing and, you know, gifting is another. All of of the same, you know, all is the same, really. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I did do um, a, a search on YouTube because I literally don't know much about this, and I'm so happy that you're talking to me about this and sharing this with everybody because I am astounded by how this this little thing has worked for my son and next to my cell phone. I mean, this to me is like it's, it's incredible. But I did search on YouTube, and I did see one um, thing online, and it said that Oregon is like a portal basically for, you know, bad things. Now, do you think there's, a, did you think there's like a um, effort to make, make it seem evil on purpose? Or do you think these people really believe it? Well, I, I don't really know particularly about that. I know that there are ones that are, are looking to market anything that they can market. It doesn't necessarily have to be legit. Some of them will say, you know, if people don't know about it, then they don't know about it. I'm just going to sell my items. Um, Orgone itself is not a portal. So I, I had this one client of mine who was purchasing Orgone from me every month. And I was very, very happy with all of that. And in communication, I noticed that she was saying that as soon as she would open the box of Orgone, she would see black energies go and get sucked into the device. And then she would take and bury them in her backyard because she thought that it was full or she would put it in salt uh, to try to help clear it or cleanse it. And I was explaining to her that it's cycling the energy that it's perfectly well. But even in travel, it would suck in these, you know, energies. She would see these black energies. Now, personally, I haven't really seen these energies, but I, I know that I don't really see everything that's around me necessarily that's there. Um, at the same time, I had done some research around that same time, and I had found that others were using organ devices in houses that certain human beings were saying, uh, you know, had high activity of what they considered to be poltergeist or, you know, things that, that were messing with stuff, you know, like causing chaos and pain or, you know, other things. And by placing the organ device in the house, within moments, all all that activity would stop. And wow. they're going to explain how the organ cycling the energy was taking away from what these other beings were feeding off of, the energies that they were there for feeding on. It was actually absorbing them, and so then they would leave because they didn't have a food source anymore. Um, so, yeah, it's not actually a portal opening to anything, you know, negative, but it, it will, based on my experience, and, and I've had others who have had similar experiences that they've shared with me about activities that they didn't really know how to identify them, but then after having the organ with them, they felt so much more comfortable and so much happier, and they didn't experience these things any further. And it wasn't, it, it was, they identified it as the organ because that was the only thing different in their environment. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, I, I just had a story somebody told me uh, very recently that they had always had, I guess, a type of tinnitus, like a ringing in their ear. They would hear this all the time. And somebody sent them some organ, gift, gifted it to them. And two days later, he, the guy realized he wasn't hearing the ringing in his ear anymore. And he was like, well, maybe it's the organ. So he kept it. <laughs> and so that's kind of cool. That's a cool thing. But, um, I, yeah. Now, I had this one, this one customer. I don't know who they are. I've never really spoken to them, but they had left a review for me. 
And in the review, it was for my, my light blue mini cubes, and they said they had swelling in their ankles, and they've had it for over a year, and they had tried different types of medications and going to different doctors, and nothing that they did seemed to help their, their legs. They had a lot of pressure and pain and swelling in their ankles. So they placed one of my cubes in each of their socks, right? And mm-hmm. within a week, the swelling was completely gone. And their doctors even were like, we don't know what has happened, but, it, you know, you're fine now, you know? And, and they were thanking me in this review. They were like, I'm so very thankful for these orgone pieces, you know, just by placing them in there, you know, they, it has helped, you know, them be a lot better. Uh, wow. I'm not saying taking the credit for all that. You know, this was just a review, and I was very thankful to read that. And yeah. So that was what I see it as is helping their body, you know, do what it was meant to do because our bodies are designed to heal themselves. You know, our bodies have everything that it needs already built into it. It's just a matter of what type of environment that we live in. And the orgone is helping us live in a better environment in these times when we have so much of this other electromagnetic energies and creations going on that aren't necessarily, you know, being clarified to others what they're actually generating and creating in our environment, which isn't, you know, where we live at. Right. Now, could this, because it says, you just told us the story about somebody who had the swollen ankles and they put it in there, got basically healed. Could this do something, for instance, what if the person carried this uh, organ in a chest pocket? Could it affect their heart? Because I bring this up because I did contact some of these people that have Oregon. I asked them what happened. And one person said, I don't know, but my heart is, seems like it skips a beat every once in a while. Oh. Well, I, I know that Oregon can't, it's not bringing any harmful situation to who we are and, you know, to animals and plants. I'm, I'm aware of that because that was one question I really had about it, you know, in the beginning. And I really mm-hmm. wanted so. I know that it's not going to hurt them. Now, based on who they are and their life experiences and, and things that they're doing every day, it very well could be helping them and they're experiencing differences in their body because their body is changing, you know, as uh-huh. their environment. Because their bodies are no longer experiencing the bombardment so much and this energy is being cycled. So for some... It's a different situation in the beginning than what they're used to, you know, being around. And right, so right. It becomes more comfortable, you know, as things go on. Many immediately are, you know, very happy and they they feel an immediate change and and better and well being. But this is all, you know, this is identified differently. We're we're all very similar, but all human beings, even a, even twins, are very different. They're very different. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> I've got <laughs> twins. <laughs> They're very different, but it's right. And so another another thing that organ is really good for um, is actually your electric bills. So mm-hmm. because it is cycling energy and bringing energies into a better environment, I I know for for a fact that it actually will assist your household and having better uh, electrical bills. If you place organ devices around outlets, placing them on your electrical meters outside, it'll cycle this energy 
and actually allow things still operate better. My my car even, like as I've put orgone devices in my car, I didn't have a lot, but I immediately almost received better gas mileage. And Get out. Seriously? I'm very serious. And I, I've tested it, you know, with rental cars and with other human beings' cars, and I've noticed an increase in fuel economy in a in ability with having orgo spirit, as well as other devices. Well, like I've had electronics and things that weren't, you know, functioning, you know, because I've used them for so long. And by having organ around them, all of a sudden they're operating smooth and easy, almost like they were brand new again. So this yeah. is, this is wow, that's great. This is crazy. This is, I mean, not crazy. This is incredible. This is the word should be incredible. Wow. I, I can't tell people I, enough about how amazed I was when this happened to me with the cell phone and this little piece of organ. And that's, I, I, I had to track down Leo to find out how this stuff works, what it is, what the intention behind it is. And it just so everybody knows when I opened it, my original feeling was love. I opened it up and I felt like I had opened up a ch- child's drawing. That's how I felt. I was like, oh, this is the best little thing. Yeah. So, you know, it was, I don't even know how to, that was my experience with it. So I would highly um, recommend it, everybody go check out what he's got going on over at riseperspective.com. I'm not making this into a big commercial, but it's basically turning into one because I love these things. I think they're pretty cool, um, but I'm still curious. Now, can you tell me more about the inventor of this technology? I know you said it was back in the like late 1800s. Is that when you so, said it was, or was it in the 1900s? Well, that's when Wilhelm Reich was born. It was in the 30s and 40s when he uh, okay. started okay. on organ. Um, and one thing that he had he had noticed is that orgone it, it's in every it's all around us. So he found that certain non-metallic materials, wood, cotton, fiberglass, and plastic, attracted orgone energies and, and held them. And then metal attracted and then rapidly repelled it. And that's that's part of the combinations that go into this. Um, but so orgone energy is it pulsates energy and it is observable and measurable and it fills all spaces and is everywhere. It is, uh, it's, it's mass free and it's primordial. It's a cosmic type energy and it penetrates matter. The organ will penetrate through buildings. It'll, it'll penetrate through, you know, your cars, through your, your forest and it'll spread out. It's, it's going in and through everything. And he also noticed that concentrated organ energy has a blue to violet color that it's actually emitting. Um, so Wilhelm Reich, he, he had done some other studies. Like he actually had created some devices that were actually helping to create, you know, uh, water and create clouds that would, would rain in areas as well as absorbing clouds and, and taking away, you know, heavy, dangerous rain clouds. Um, there's so many things. Like Wilhelm Reich has just pages and pages. His his research goes on. You know, it, it could take years, literally, you know, for one to really go through it all. So I, I encourage, I encourage all others to please, you know, look up Wilhelm Reich and and research who he is and and what he's created and and all the great research that helped to clarify this existence that we we are all experiencing right on 
Excellent. Um, I just want people to know that coming up on Shadow Citizen on August 23rd, I'm going to have an author of a book, um, Anne Louise Geltman. She's the best New York Times bestselling author, and she's got a book about, it's called Zapped. It's about living in this world with uh, electromagnetic stuff that we're dealing with. And I'm definitely going to bring up Leo Rhodes in Oregon because she's a holistic and integrative medicine person. And um, she seems like she'd be open to what you're talking about. And I really hope our audience checks out this stuff because, like I said, this is it's amazing to me. And I want to share this with everybody what's going on. On top of it, I thought it would be a good thing to couple up with our call-ins about last week's interview with uh, Ken Caldera of the uh, UN's inter-IPCC uh, report, the Intergovernmental uh, Climate Change report that he did, and the um, geoengineering projects that are being proposed. And in some places, it appears that they're actually doing. Um, so I wanted to give people some hope that they could maybe do something to help themselves. Maybe they could get some organ and it would help them protect them a little bit. Um, so thank you so much, Leo, and thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And I really hope you'll tune in next week at shadowcitizen.online. Thank you.